your neighbor good morning. morning. You are welcome to the arena of liberty in Jesus' name. You may have your seats. My name is Chloe, and I'm originally from the United Kingdom, but I'm privileged, so privileged, to be an evangelist under my father in the Lord, Prophet T.B. Joshua. And right now, here at the Synagogue Church of All Nations, Lagos, Nigeria has become my home. People of God, if you know that Jesus is the reason why you are here today, let me see your hands. Viewers all over the world, thank you so much for joining us. If you know that Jesus is the reason why you are watching us today, wave your hands anywhere you are. Now one thing is clear, for those whose lives are centered in Christ Jesus, the best is always yet to come. But the question we need to ask ourselves, and the question I often ask myself, is my life really centered in Christ? Ask yourself the question right now. Is my life really centered in Christ? How clearly do you really see your life? When you look at your life, what do you see? And what does Jesus see? Many Christians today, we find ourselves grumbling, complaining, murmuring every day. Why? Because instead of being centered in Christ Jesus, our lives are centered on ourselves. That is, our lives are centered on how I'm doing, how I'm feeling, and how I'm treated. That is why we easily get distracted in running the straight race with God. When a little hard time comes, we get overwhelmed and we feel as if the end has come. On the other hand, when a good time comes, we get overexcited and we feel like we have arrived. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. When offense comes, what happens? We fall into the trap of self-imprisonment. We start to concentrate and focus on ourselves and on the wrong that was done to us. And thereby we forget our real position before God, our real position in Christ. Let me tell you something. The only way to see life clearly is to focus on Christ alone. Tell that to your neighbor. The only way you can see life clearly is to focus on Christ alone. So people of God, if you realize that your life is not quite centered in Christ, I believe this message is capable of capturing your thoughts, redirecting your focus towards God and not yourself. You see, we are called not to just be among the masses out there who move without direction, no, we're called to live for a purpose that is larger than ourselves. This brings us to the title of the message today, A Purpose Larger Than Yourself. Tell that to your neighbor, A Purpose Larger Than Yourself. Thank you, Jesus, because it is not all about me. It is not all about you. Who is it all about? Jesus. Amen? So right now, let's go to our Bibles. 
The book of Colossians, chapter 3, will be our proof text today. The book of Colossians, chapter 3, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 3. So Colossians is in the New Testament, uh, directly after the book of Philippians. And I hope everybody has their Bible with them today. Raise your Bible up. Let's see your Bible. Let's see your Bible. Thank you, because this is what our life depends on. Are you there? Say amen if you're there. Okay, let's read from verse 1. Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Praise the Lord. Now, as Christians, our life is not our own. One life for Christ is all we have, just one. And one life for Christ is so dear. But many of us, we spend our Christian days, we spend our days focusing on ourselves and rather than on Christ. Let me tell you something. When you focus on yourself and you're trying to serve God, what will happen? You'll find that you'll be overwhelmed. That is, you'll find that you have to do everything, be everything, accomplish everything with your own strength, your own power, your ability, your might. And since that is not possible, you end up in high stress and emotional torture. Let me say that again. Since that is not possible, you end up in high stress and emotional torture. How many of you can identify with what I'm saying? A life of high stress and emotional torture. Now this is something that I think we all see in our own lives. It's a picture of our lives sometimes. We try and do things by ourselves. So right now, I just want one person to volunteer. We know that uh, we have many good actors here. We want one person to volunteer to be someone that is highly stressed, highly stressed, and is uh, showing a lot of emotion. So right now, if you know that you can do that, just raise your hand. If you know that you can do that, just raise your hand. Someone that is highly stressed, and you have emotional torture which is what many can identify with today. Okay, Madame, please come forward. Let's clap for her. Okay. So, what is your name? I'm Joyce. Okay, so let's just turn, let's turn to face the front. Let's face the front. Yeah. All right, so Joyce is representing many of our lives today. When we find ourselves in high stress and emotional torture, so right now, I just want you to imagine yourself, maybe, uh, just think of a situation, maybe you've been sacked from your job. When you get home, there's trouble at home, trouble in the family, trouble at work, okay? So right now, you're gonna demonstrate how you will react in a state of high stress and emotional torture. Are you ready? Yes, yeah, I'm ready. Okay, three, two, one, go. <sighs> what is all this? Why am I facing all this, oh God? Jesus, what is my sin? Why are all this happening to me, Lord? Jesus. 
Thank you. Wait, wait. So, as Christians, we are meant to be calm, isn't it? We're meant to be calm and determined. But many times when we find ourselves in such a situation, we end up doing like this. God, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I don't deserve to serve you anymore. I just don't deserve to serve you anymore. As a Christian, why are all this happening to me, God? And you're there, seated up there. You, Father, you've just abandoned me. You have abandoned me. I don't know what else to do. Thank you. Wait. As Christians also, we're supposed to cast our burden upon the Lord, right? We're not supposed to carry the burden ourselves. But many of us, we end up carrying the burden ourselves, and then we end up responding like this. I don't know. It's all over, Father. Maybe I don't just have to. I have to look for some other means to find solution to all these problems. I mean, it's just enough. I can't bear this any longer. Let's clap for her. Very, it's a very good example. So before you go, please go and take an altar fruit and then go and be calm. Praise the Lord. So that is it. We find ourselves in high stress and emotional torture. You may be working really hard and you may be struggling a lot. And at the end of the day, you don't seem to make any progress. You may even be working in the house of God. You may be running Helter Skelter. You may be doing everything that seems right on the outside. But at the end of the day, when it is time for God, your maker, to take his pen and mark your work, you will discover that you have failed. Why? We are worried and upset about so many things. But only one thing is needed. Who can tell me that one thing? We are worried and upset about many things. Only one thing is needed. And that is God's agenda. Say God's agenda. Tell your neighbor, you are worried and upset about many things. Only one thing is needed. God's agenda. Praise God. Let's turn to the book of Luke, chapter 10. This is a very familiar story, but we want to use this to illustrate what we are talking about. The book of Luke, chapter 10. This is the story of Mary and Martha when Jesus went to visit their home. And we are going to read from verse 38. If you're there, say amen. amen. Praise God. So let's read. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Verse 39. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Verse 41. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset 
about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Praise God. Remember, we are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. And what is that thing? I can't hear you. What is that thing? So the question we need to ask ourselves is, am I in line with God's agenda for my life? That is the real question. Ask yourself, am I in line with God's agenda for my life? If so, why the stress? Why the tension and pressure? If you are truly in line with God's agenda for your life, you are acting in unison with God. Amen? That is, you are lifting the load together with God. You are working together with God. You are facing trials and persecution together with Jesus. You are sharing his ability and strength. If you believe and pray in that name of Jesus, he will take over your burden. Amen? And that burden is in his care. That is, if you are in line with God's agenda for your life. So ask yourself that question. Am I in line with God's agenda for my life? People of God, when we trust in ourselves, we are doomed to disappointment. When we trust in others, they're also going to disappoint us. They will deceive us, offend us. One day they will die and leave us. But if you trust in Jesus Christ, you will never be confounded in time or eternity. Amen? Tell your neighbor, trust in Jesus Christ. Never be confounded in time or eternity. You see, God loves us not because we are righteous, not because we are holy, not because we are working in the house of God. He loves us simply because He is love. So therefore, the only way you can feel good about yourself is to believe and accept what Jesus Christ has done for you on the cross. That is, have a look of faith to Christ Jesus on the cross. Amen? And faith is not in yourself. You don't have to try and struggle to look within yourself, to try and see how much faith you have. You simply need to look to God and take the faith that he has already prepared to give you. Amen? What does faith mean? Faith means committing yourself and all your things to someone. Someone so much stronger, so much wiser, so much smarter, so much more powerful than you. And who is that someone? Who is that someone? Jesus Christ. Amen. He is not a man that will disappoint you. And he is what you need him to be. If you are hungry, people of God, he is the bread of life. If you are thirsty, he is the river of living water. If you're feeling guilty and condemned today, he is the Lamb of God who has already taken away the sins of the whole world. If you are lost, he is your roadmap. If you're lonely, he is your companion. If you're stressed or in tension and pressure, high stress and emotional torture, he is the Prince of Peace. He is the cup that does not run dry. Amen? 
So the question now, how do we get faith? The more we look to God, look at God and meditate on God, we will find ourselves having faith. Amen? That is, faith comes spontaneously. Faith comes simultaneously. That is, at the same time. As you look to God, look at God and meditate on God, you will find yourself having faith. Faith comes spontaneously, simultaneously. That is why we should look to God. Let me tell you something. If you give your attention to your fear, your fear will increase its grip on you. If you give your attention to your failure, what will your failure do? Your failure will continue to hold you in bondage. If you give your attention to your situation, you are what your situation says you are. But people of God, if you give your attention to God, you are what God says you are. You have what God says you have. And you can do what God says you can do. Let's clap for Jesus. When we look to God in the midst of our situation, we will never be overwhelmed. So this reminds me of a song that we want to sing now. God, I look to you. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Let's rise up. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. Lord, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things the way. Yeah.
In Jesus' name. When we look to God, we will never be overwhelmed. Let's have our seats. If we look at the example of Job in the Bible, Job had the greatest test of faith. Stripped of all that he once held dear, his self-confidence and self-righteousness were shattered to pieces. But a calm assurance and a confidence born of faith took its place. He began to look beyond the scars, the boils, the pain, the sores that covered his whole body. And what did he see? He saw revival, renewal, and redemption. By faith, he came to an understanding that the central character in the story was God and not himself. And the issue at hand was faith and not suffering. He did not concentrate on himself or his situation, no. On the contrary, he was living for a purpose larger than himself. Remember, that is the title of the message today. A purpose larger than yourself. Tell your neighbor, a purpose larger than yourself. So Job did not concentrate on himself or his situation. He was living for a purpose larger than himself. He had such a strong relationship with God that even when everything he had was taken away and his very strength was fading, he gathered strength and he became brightest in his affliction. That is why he said, though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. I will love him as a friend, even if he seems to come forth against me as an enemy. People of God, Job knew the secret of fixing his thoughts on God, looking unto God. Ask yourself this question right now, what am I thinking about? Because a man's life is what his thoughts make it. As we are sitting here right now, there are many thoughts going through people's minds. Some people are even saying, oh, this is getting late. The man of God should come out. Some people are saying, oh, I have trouble at home. What, what can I do? I can't pay my bills. There are many thoughts going through our minds right now. Some people, we are physically here, but our minds are not here. So a man's life is what his thoughts make it. What are you thinking about right now? If you are thinking about God and his power to forgive, you will forget your unrighteousness. Amen? If you think about God, your healer, you'll forget that sickness. If you think about God, your helper, you'll forget that weakness. So right now, begin to think about the kind of person you would like to be in Christ. Don't think about the kind of person you are now or the kind of person that you were yesterday. No. Think about the kind of person you would like to be in Christ. The kind of person you are now and the kind of person I was yesterday and I am now gives birth to the fruits of the flesh. But the kind of person that you and I would like to be in Christ gives birth to what? The fruits of the Spirit. What do I mean? I mean live in a future state as if it were already true. Live in a future state as if it were already here. Remember, 
What keeps us from despairing is not what we see, but what we believe. Tell that to your neighbor. What keeps you from despairing is not what you see, but what you believe. We have to understand that we are in a battlefield. We are soldiers of Christ. Amen? There's a constant struggle going on between the flesh and the spirit, between faith and doubt, between God and Satan in your heart. There is a constant struggle, a constant battle going on. Just as Jesus Christ is knocking at the door of your heart, asking you to receive him, Satan too is busy knocking. He's busy knocking at the door of your heart. He's knocking with his guilt. He's knocking with his fear. He's knocking with his doubt, his condemnation. He's knocking with his notions such as, you're never going to make it. Why do you think you're going to make it? God does not love you. God cannot forgive you. Satan is constantly at work. He does not sleep. He, the Bible says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he's constantly knocking on the door of your heart. The question is, what do you do with it? Do you let him in? Do you give him a chair? Do you entertain him? Do you give him food? Do you agree with him? Which is what many of us do today. Satan will be whispering such things into our mind. You're never going to make it. You say, oh, it's true, it's true. I'm never going to make it. Satan will say, God does not love you. It's true, God cannot love me. We may not do it on purpose, but inside our hearts we are agreeing. People of God, when Satan is busy knocking on the door of your heart, what do you do? You can decide to entertain him or you can decide to resist him. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. So you can decide on what to do when Satan comes knocking on the door of your heart. People of God, life is too short for us to waste our time on things that have no lasting value. We have wasted too much time thinking the thoughts of Satan and not the thoughts of God. We have wasted too much time listening to the suggestions of Satan. We have wasted too much time speaking the language of Satan and not the language of God. So what is the way out now? Just as Satan loses no time in plotting against you, in plotting against me, we too, we should lose no time in committing ourselves, our way, and everything that has to do with us to God through prayer. Amen? Let's say that again. Just as Satan loses no time in plotting against you, you too, Lose no time in committing yourself, your way, everything about you to God through prayer. Amen? That is the way out. People of God, in Luke chapter 18, verse 8, Jesus said, Jesus asked a question. He said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Ask yourself that question right now. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in me? 
How prepared am I to receive him? If Jesus were to come today, this second, this hour, this minute, how prepared are you to receive him? Where will Jesus find you? Will he find you in faith or he will find you in doubt? Remember, we are living in a generation without faith and hope. But people of God, do not join them. Tell your neighbor, do not join them. Do not follow the majority. Don't just become another statistic. Don't just join the masses out there who are moving without direction, who are confused. No. Remember the message today. Live for a purpose larger than yourself. Don't yield to the temptation to act out of character. Don't let your bad experiences wipe you out. Don't let your dream die within you. Tell your neighbor, don't let your dream die within you. Remember, we are members of the household of faith. We are faith people. We are citizens of heaven. And this world is not our home. We are just passing through. Jesus is coming soon. And the uncertainty of the hour of Christ's return calls for our vigilance and watchfulness. Therefore, we can sleep, but not spiritually, because of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our minds, our hearts should be active, alert, strong, and alive as we continue to think about our Savior until that day comes. So I leave you here, people of God, thinking about our Savior. And I pray to meet you once again, still doing so, in Jesus' name.